I want to say three things as we get ready to just jump into the word. Number one, be excited about the days coming. In the days coming, God is about to reveal himself in such a powerful way in three dynamic things. The Lord said, I want you to talk to my people and tell them this is going to be a prophetic message and we're going to move into the word. In the days ahead, God is moving in great signs and wonders. And I just want to do this before I get too ahead of myself. Can I have every pastor or you're in full-time ministry, can you just stand? We just want to honor you as you are here visiting. Wow. We honor you. We honor you. We thank the Lord for you. And we thank the Lord for Floyd and Tamika Preston as they destroyed the church this morning, just preaching like they didn't have no sense. Just didn't make no sense, that kind of preaching. Just, I tell you, you listen half the time. I, I said to them, I said, you know, y'all are dangerous. They start preaching and I, I almost feel like I need a bulletproof jacket when Tamika starts talking because you just feel like the power of God starts pushing you just pushing on you just hitting you in your chest and then Floyd so smooth with his worship he make you forget that she just cut you that's a wonderful connection right there that's a wonderful connection Tamika will cut you Floyd will stitch you but you're gonna be better when you leave <laughs> yes you got to make sure you got ministry around you that'll cut you because the cancer of life will grow in places you don't know. Before they could cross into the promised land, the Lord said one thing to Joshua. He said, now again, circumcise the people. You cannot enter into your destiny unless somebody in your life has a knife. <laughs> somebody in your world has to have a knife. Because we don't know what is needing to be circumcised until someone walks up and says, you've been comfortable with that for 40 years. But God said to get the next level, level up, this got to go. God said, I need you to understand before you can reach your destiny, you're going to have to bleed for three days. But when you finish bleeding, you're going to have the ability to take land you couldn't take before. You got to realize in this season, God loves you, but he's not going to leave you comfortable. Oh, yes. We're going to walk tonight. For the level of what we've asked God for, the problem in this hour is the Lord said, you've prayed for something you won't let me do. The Lord said, you asked me for nations. Now I'm giving you nations, but to take nations, I've got to circumcise you before you stand before kings. To take cities, you've got to be able to endure the persecution that a city will bring. To shake a house, you've got to be able to take the shaking that comes to the house. Can you take the answer to your own prayer? The Lord said to me, the problem in most nations is they've prayed for a revival, uh, for a revival that they can't manage. As God is coming and answering our prayers, God is moving in supernatural power, signs and wonders. And the only thing that's going to stop what God wants to do is can we manage what he's answering? God is saying the devil didn't send this. I'm answering your prayer. You asked me, take out everything that's not like you. Now that I show up to take it, you're fighting me. You asked me to deliver you. Now that I told you how to be delivered, you said not yet. You asked me to heal you. I told you to dip seven times and you said that water looks dirty. Oh, we got to figure out we got too many bipolar believers. We got too many who are telling God have his way and then we say not today. Yes, delayed obedience is still disobedience. God is moving in this hour. And because he's moving, the promise I told the Lord is whatever you want, you can have it. Whatever you want, you can have it. Oh, you're not talking yet. You'll holler after a while. In this hour, the Lord said to me, I'm going to do three things the world has seen me do, but not to this level. He said, I'm going to release a level of love that is uncommon. Uncommon love. Uncommon love is going to take you into places where others would not go and do what others would not deign to do.
to love people who are unlovely, to go into places that are rejected and forgotten, and to bear yourself down to the foundation of your existence because they will not receive you if you come in above them. So the Lord said, where I'm sending you now, you've got to humble yourself. You got to go in low. You got to strip yourself of every identity, every title, every resource, and every need to be recognized. Because if you can't do it on the street, you can't do it in church. If you can't work it in the prison, you don't deserve to work it in the palace. So God is testing us right now. He's testing us. God is saying, I need to see if you can work that gift in uncomfortable places uncomfortable let me tell you how the lord taught me how to trust him for the supernatural answers god said to me i'm going to show you how heaven can answer you i said yes sir and that was one of my third that was my third trip to ethiopia on my third trip to ethiopia in the middle of preaching i've told this before all of a sudden i began to hear sounded like things hitting the roof i said to the pastor must be big birds in this city he looked at me and said big birds you know how people look at you like I, I believe you was educated but you didn't graduate nothing he looked at me and said big birds I said well it sounds like a hailstorm." he said that's because they're stoning the building he said they're throwing rocks at the building right now he said because they're trying to break in they want to kill you he said, because the last three days we've had young people getting saved and the church in that area, the Ethiopian Coptic church, when you received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, they were teaching that it was a devil that came into you. So we had so many young people receiving the baptism that they had beaten the kids, threw them out of the house and showed up looking for the preacher. So I'm inside ignorant thinking it's a hailstorm going ain't them some big birds and the preacher looking at me going no you about to get us killed and I'm standing in there and the Lord said what does it matter your knowledge of the storm shouldn't change your attitude in the storm before I knew there was a storm I was preaching with joy and walking with delight and asking God to move in power and now suddenly that I know there's a storm my attitude changed my heart broke down and I began to look around for a way of escape I was checking doors Bishop I was checking doors <laughs> trying to figure out how to get up out of here I'm gonna leave y'all I ain't gotta run faster than everybody just tripped the last one behind me <laughs> and the Lord shook me in my spirit and said son you had faith before you knew they were trying to get you. So get your faith back in your belly. And I began to stir myself and I said, the Lord is with us. And I began to preach and God began to continue to move and the stones, the rocks stopped. When we opened up the door, there was a girl laying outside, had been beaten half to death. She had received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and when she went home, her father beat her almost to death. Said, either renounce what you have received, or you can't stay in my house. When she said no, they beat her again in the street, brought her to the church, and threw her on the steps. They left her there to die. They brought her into the church, and the pastors who were there washed her and said, daughter, you can stay in the church. She had to live inside the church because when she went outside, her own family who lived in the village tried to kill her. This girl who stayed in the church after being beaten would get up and begin to sing in the morning and talk about the goodness of God. This girl whose eye was still swollen shut, who couldn't hear out of one ear for the blood that had coagulated on the inside of this. This girl who when she sat up began to cough because they had kicked her in her ribs. This same girl would lean and sing to God. Love without boundaries means something different on the other side of the world. 
Love without boundaries means I don't complain because somebody don't like me today. Love without boundaries means it don't matter who come and who go. If God be for me, it don't matter who's against me. Love without boundaries means she said I'll give up my family and my land, but I won't let go of my God. You've got to make a decision on the inside what level of love you're going to walk in. Because if I'm crazy about him today, I got to stay in love when the rocks start flying. You got to love him deep enough to not shake when people go crazy. You got to love him strong enough to not let economies mess up your love language. You got to love him deep enough to not let politics make you go wacky. You got to love him deep enough to not let the world mess up your walk with God. Oh, because love ain't love till it gets tested. Love without boundaries. I learned to trust God in some strange places. God's been talking to me lately, saying, I need you to read your journals all over again. I need you to remember how I showed you what I look like. He said, and what you've seen of me, believe me again. I need to say to some of you, you have loved God so passionately, so desperately, and so wondrously in the past. And the only thing that slowed your love down is you've learned enough about trauma to make you question your love. Trauma and pain are good teachers. What they teach is not good, but they're excellent at teaching. Pain will stay with you until it makes you walk a certain way. Pain will talk to you till you don't trust people anymore. Pain will whisper in your ear until you'd rather be by yourself than let other people step on that wound. Pain will yell in your spirit until you don't even trust the people who you ought to trust because pain says you know they're not for you, they're against you. Pain will make you split a marriage, walk out on your family, and go somewhere to love folk who don't even know you. Pain will make you give up your destiny to hold on to you now. Don't let pain be your teacher. You got to let love take you by the hand and walk you out of the pain of the past or you'll stay in the place of pain, listening to a lie, believing the trauma, looking at the wound, saying, when will I get better? But from the inside, there's a river inside of you. There's glory inside of you. There's healing inside of you. You're not who you used to be. You're not where you came from. You're not the losses of yesterday. You are the cold of God. God, anointed of God, powerful in God, free in the kingdom, righteous in the blood of the Lamb. You are set apart and anointed by God, and you have got to believe that greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. This love thing we're talking about is powerful. I'm not talking about an emotional love. I'm not talking about a brotherly love. We're not talking about phileo. We're not talking about how to be brothers. No, 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 no. You got to go deeper than that. We're not talking about eros. We're not talking about sensual love. We're talking about an agape type of love that'll make you lay your life down. That'll say for the cause of Christ and for my brothers and sisters, I'll lay here and die until the will of God is accomplished because I have determined for his will I live and for his will I die. He's calling us to love without boundaries. If you can't die for it, you don't love him yet. Oh, he's calling us deeper. He's calling us to let go of the paradigms of the past and stop looking back because what keeps us from going forward is we keep telling God what used to be. We're going to walk this thing. So many of us, depending on the level of pain you've suffered in the past, when you meet new relationships, you make your new relationships walk through the pain of the past. So let's walk just for a minute. Love without boundaries. If we're going to walk this thing, let's walk it for real. So God says, I'm going to send you new friends, new relationships, new strength. You had that girlfriend, that boyfriend from the past. You had the one you thought you was going to be with forever. And then they woke up one day and lost their ever-loving mind. Or let's tell the truth. Or you lost yours. It's amazing how when we get up to minister, it's always everybody else's fault. No, half the mess in our life is stuff we did, we just won't take credit for. 
So now whatever made it be what it was, now God says, I'm going to give you something new. Now here comes the new. The new walks up to you and the new looks like it came from God. Sounds like it's refreshing. Walking in the presence of the, of the Lord. And now after a little bit of walking. Have you ever been around someone who had suffered a loss of a limb? Especially people who've gone through diabetic pain or someone who came back from being overseas in warfare. Now, the hand is gone, the arm is gone, the foot is gone. But they'll be sitting there and all of a sudden their foot starts, the, the, it, they'll start shaking it. They'll start moving the arm and you go, what's going on? They said, it feel like my hand is itching, but you don't have a hand. They call it phantom pain. Doctors call it phantom pain. The nerves that are still attached are still responding as though the foot is there, but the foot is gone. But you still feel a foot that's not there. Mm. See, the feeling is real, but it's not rooted in reality. What's keeping some of us from going forward is we're having real feelings, but not true reality. So I feel like my hand is itching, but you ain't got no hand. I feel like my foot is hurting, but you ain't got no foot. You're footless, handless. But acting as though it's there. Why is that important? Many of us now emotionally in the kingdom, spiritually in the kingdom, we're going deeper in God. And there will come a moment where the nerves inside of you that have not been burned by the fire of the Holy Ghost are still reacting to stimuli. So stuff that ain't real is getting a real reaction out of us. Because the enemy knows the only way to make you twitch is to hit something that ain't there. Woo, is this helping anybody? We're going to walk this thing. The Lord said to me in this season where I'm raising up leaders and I'm about to release a new generation of prophets. If they don't deal with their phantom pain. They're going to kill the new that I send to them, responding to the old. Woo. So this person said to you, good morning. And you said, what do you mean by good morning? What you mean by good morning? Well, I meant good morning. No, no, you must have meant something else besides good morning. Because the last person I dealt with, when they said good morning, they meant something. What ends up happening to us is we get stuck in a cycle that we can't break. Because we're responding to pain that's not real. Because we're listening to a voice that's a lie. To go forward in this next hour, we must begin to examine the intents of the heart. Because the Lord only leads by truth. The Holy Spirit only leads by truth, the spirit of truth. He will comfort you with all truth. He does not comfort with a lie. He does not comfort with emotion. He does not comfort with a okay. He comforts with truth. The comfort of God is one truth in your life that cuts off every lie. So when God speaks to you, he will say, this is true. This is not true. How you receive truth will either bring you comfort or brokenness. Ooh, you can fall on the rock. Or the rock can fall on. Love without limits as God is taking us deeper. As God is saying, I'm bringing you into a limitless place of supernatural living. But to go deeper, I have to confront the places in you that are holding you to the past and connecting you to yesterday. And the only way to deliver you is to let you see this is not real. I'm calling you to deeper. I'm calling you to greater. I'm calling you to something better. I'm calling you to love. 
How do we get there? Ah, we just going to walk for a minute. Is this helping anybody? Love without bounds. I'm going to read a scripture in a minute so you know I studied. Years ago, the Lord said to me, he said, I'm going to heal your family. I'm going to cause there to be some restoration. I said, amen. And the Lord said, I'm going to show you your heart. I said, amen. I said, my heart's good, Lord. The Lord said, is it? I said, yeah, yeah, oh, Frey. I said, my heart is good, Lord. I love my family. The Lord said, you have loved to the depth you can. But the heart is deceitfully wicked above all else. No man can know it. You don't know your heart. So when we walk around defending our heart, we're actually not letting God tell us our own heart. You don't defend your heart. You expose your heart. So when your heart starts to get you in trouble, you have to come to the Holy Spirit and say, show me me. Shine the light from heaven on my soul. If you find anything that should not be, take it out and straighten me. I want to be right. I want to be saved. I want to be whole. Search me, Lord. Search me, Lord. Search me, Lord. Search me, Lord. Turn the light from heaven on my soul if you find anything that should not be take it out and straighten me i want to be right i want to be saved i gotta be whole somewhere in here we have to say search me not defend me, not protect, search me. I need the hand of God to go down into the depths of my soul and start pulling out the tendrils of my past. Yank out everything that I thought I need. Pull it out by the roots. I need you to lay me bare on your altar. I need you to cut me by the scalpel of your spirit. But when I get to heaven, I want you to say, well done, good and faithful servant. I don't want nothing in me that you don't want in me. Take it out. Straighten my heart, God. Hey. The Lord said to me, I'm going to show you your heart. So I had a friend call me. I'd known her about 16 years. We had done ministry together. She called me and she asked me to do something. And it was a simple something. Made me so mad I could bite nails. I said, no, I ain't going to do it. I ain't going to do it. You ain't right. Hung up the phone. The Lord said, how you that mad over that? I said, ooh, here's how you know your heart. An overreaction is a revelation of you, not them. Let's walk it through. An overreaction is a revelation of you, not them. Because we don't know our own heart, God is going to push the button on the inside of you to reveal you to you. So when you suddenly start thinking everybody's against you, or you suddenly start getting mad, or you suddenly want to fight, or you suddenly want to isolate, or you suddenly want to justify, all of that is a revelation. That there are boundaries to your love. Love without limits. Tonight, I want to deal with the boundaries. We can't talk about limitless love if we don't break the cages that are around our hearts. Because when we leave here, I need us to have the tools to love deeper, love better, go sweeter into the presence of God. Because we can't just have another conference. We can't just go deeper and feel better. And then in a week from now, go, what was that about? You got to have some tools to dig this stuff out. Because I'm determined. I want to love like Jesus loved. So God says, I'm going to make you react so you can see you. Wait a minute. I got one more for you. One more, one more. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. It's almost in and out time. I feel the glory coming. One more key so that God can expose the heart. God will challenge you to work with someone who you don't like. On your job, in your, oh, was that your word right there, Vita? Was that for you? Did the Lord speak to your mama? Hey, God going to put somebody with you. And the level 
of kindness you show them has nothing to do with how they acted to you, has everything to do with the maturity of you. Because when you demand that someone have been nice to you before you can show them kindness, you have already made the love of God smaller than the cross shows us it is. You have made his love too small. While I was yet a sinner, Christ died for the ungodly threw himself on the cross and said, this is what love looks like. It looks like crucifixion. It looks like bleeding for a stranger. It looks like being broken for somebody that's evil toward me. It looks like showing mercy towards someone that's speaking wickedness about me. It says real love is I'm going to let you see my love by the wounds you gave me. I'm going to take it and bleed publicly rather than be bitter privately. Oh, if we going to go deeper in love, God said the only way to stretch you is to stress you. So I'm going to stress your nerves, stress your mind, stress your peace. I'm going to put people around you you can't get away from. And God said, then I'm going to tell you, be nice to them. Woo! God said, you're going to have to walk in this kind of love. Be nice to them, be good to them, love on them, bless them. And if you run from them at work, God will let them show up in your family. <laughs> and if you try to avoid them in your family, it'll act up in your marriage. Why? Because God, it's not about the problem. It's about the process. Most of us are running from the problem going, it's about them. It's about them. It's about them. Let me make it clear. If the problem follows you, it's you. If the problem follows you, it's you. <laughs> Look now, I'm too old to stutter and too black to care. <laughs> We've reached the place where God is saying, stop blaming everybody else for your dysfunction. And if we're going to walk in love, deal with you. I don't know how I got here. Yes, you do. Them choices you made. <laughs> Ooh, we almost done. We almost done. One more cage that stops love from flowing. History. When we hold history against each other. But you know what you did. You know what they said. You know what happened then. You know they did not, and she would not, and he did not. I'm amazed at how many believers live in the past while they pray about the future. Talking about prophecies, but living in offense. Talking about the future, but living in yesterday. Talking about what's coming, but you can't let go of what happened. My, my, my. It's a foolish man. It's a crazy woman that stands before the king who says, I will give you your future. And all we do is talk about our past. When God says, if you could just bless this one, I'll give you everything I told you. Lord, I would, but you know what they did. Really? If God would but for a minute, take the recording of your private life. And play it publicly. Most of us would never leave our house again. And those in this room who go, well, I know I could. You are too proud to be wise. Because a true believer has enough sense to know God saw my heart even if I didn't do the action. And I am amazed at how we sit in judgment over each other with the arrogance of believing that I am right to discount you or disqualify you so that I can find my position and my place in God. If you have to destroy another to promote yourself, you are foolish. Foolish. Because be not deceived, God is not mocked whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. 
it will show up in your house one day. Love, wisdom in love says, I'm going to bless everybody I can bless. I'm going to love everybody I can love. Why? Because I'm going to need some stuff in my future. So I got to sow some good stuff now. So I'm going to be good to folk that might not deserve it, but it ain't about them. It's about me. I'm going somewhere better than where I am right now. And I got to be good to folk. I see a future that only God can give me. So I'm going to show some kindness along the way. I'm going to need some mercy tomorrow. So let me be merciful right now. I'm going to need some blessing. So I'm going to bless people right now. You've got to sow what you need now so it can show up later. Love without boundaries. One last thing, then we're just about done. You've got to get the root of bitterness out. Pastor Barry, is this all right? Are we walking good? All right. Listen, I'm checking with Barry and Fran. They do this for a living. This is right here where I'm working. In this hour, we've got to deal with the roots of bitterness. Now, bitterness is birthed in unforgiveness, but it's justified in anger. It's birthed in unforgiveness, but justified in anger. Bitterness brings you to the place where you start to build an emotional negative response toward people that you are encountering because in here you have held on to something they did. But now the anger, anger is a sign you believe you weren't heard. Anger means you don't think you were heard. You don't get angry unless you think somebody didn't hear you. So now I've got a root growing on the inside of me because I'm convinced nobody hears me. Now here's the problem with that. That means you also believe God didn't hear you. So you've now gotten bitter because the truth is you don't trust God. Because you can't be bitter and trust God. It's impossible. If you really trust God, he will talk to you. If you hear his voice, it keeps your heart soft. For your heart to get hard, you had to shut his voice out. You have to tell the Holy Ghost, I hear what you're saying, but I don't want to listen to what you told me. Now we build stony places in our heart. Love without boundaries. Now we have boundaries we put into our love where I can love but not that people. I can love but not that city. I can love but not in that place. I can love but not that family. I can love but not that sister. I can love but not that brother. We put boundaries into our love. Restrictions around our compassion. We begin to kill the pieces of our heart slowly but surely until we're only left with this broken, wounded piece of flesh that sits on the inside of us barely beating no longer dreaming full of pain and sorrow trapped in the trauma of the past and the heart that should carry the dreams of God is carrying the nightmares of yesterday and God says I want you to dream about cities and envision nations but you can't see your destiny for weeping about what you lost but what you lost you didn't need it because you still survived if you survived you didn't need it And if you didn't need it, stop crying about it. Hey, if I don't need it, it's an offering. I didn't need it. I could let it go. I can't miss what I gave to God. If I survived it, it's an offering. Oh. Yeah. Yes, Lord. I know this is a good word tonight. I'm preaching to myself while I'm preaching. Yes, Lord. Hey, Psalm 139. I want you to have a scripture so you know I read the Bible before I got here. Oh, yes, Lord. God will set the captive free, but the captive got to let him. God will heal your heart, but you got to let him do the surgery. God will take the pain, but you got to stop justifying yourself. God said, I can't do what you won't let me do. 
God is standing at the door of the heart to heal the heart and deliver the soul. And the only thing that stops his power is when we say, I'd rather have my pain than my deliverance because my pain justifies my dysfunction. I need my pain so I can stay dysfunctional. Because if I ever let you deliver me, I can no longer excuse my bad behavior. So we talk about walking like Jesus and we talk about wanting to be mature, but we stay broken by choice. Because I need my brokenness to justify my dysfunction. Because if I really let you have my heart, I'm going to have to die to this. You can be as free as you want to be. If God can't deliver from everything, he cannot deliver from anything. If he can't heal everything, he can't heal anything. Either he's God over all flesh or he's not God at all. So when we hold on to these issues and say, I would let it go, but you don't know what I've been through. I don't need to know what you've been through. We're going to walk this thing. We hold on to our stories as though our testimony is unique in the earth. And there is a billion folk who've been through worse than you and ain't talking nearly as much as you talk. There's a hundred million people who have been through your trouble and somehow survived. And this is not belittling the problem. What I'm saying is don't let the problem own you so much that you throw away your destiny to stay in the dysfunction. If you keep living, hell going to find your house one day. But how long hell stays on your front porch is up to you. Make sure it visit. Don't bake no cookies. Someone. <laughs> Some folks see trouble coming and they like, I wonder if they like gingerbread or... Just when God about to deliver some of us, you want some coffee before you go? Sit down and stay a while. I just want to talk about my stuff. Uh -uh. And let me help some of you. Lord, I don't know what's come over me. I feel the power of God. We have to understand that talking about your stuff don't free you. You've got to come to people who can counsel you through it. Most of us don't want counsel. We want a conversation. We want to sit and talk about it so we feel better about the dysfunction. And after all the conversation, nothing changes because we didn't want counsel. We wanted conversation. The Bible says godly counsel is what God sends. Godly counsel, not conversation. God don't want to talk to you nine times about the same thing. Why? Because nine conversations was eight signs of disobedience. <laughs> oh, yeah. You don't want to wake the prophet up. <laughs> I've been waking up seeing stuff. I've been, God been, oh, God been messing with me. God been messing with me. Do you know that right now the Lord is raising up a generation of prophets who are not going to operate in the dysfunction of the past? So they are going to look so unusual to the church of today. Because they are not religious. They have not been steeped in church politics. They've not been conditioned to compromise. They're going to come in and say, God said this and this is all we know. And they're going to look at us and go, what you got power, how come you ain't produced? They don't understand what we're doing. I was in a conference with Kenneth Copeland and they had a preacher from Russia. He got up and they asked him the question. They said, what do you do when your leaders are caught in compromise? And he said, excuse me. What do you do when your leaders are caught in compromise? How do you deal with the issue? And he laughed and he looked around. He said, the translators and he said oh and he looks and he says I do not understand the question compromise 
is the opportunity you have when your life is not on the line. He said compromise means sin is an option for you. He said sin is not an option for us. He said, we've got the KGB looking to kill us. We have people trying to shoot through the windows of our house. People are trying to kill our children. He said, on the day we compromise, someone in our family dies. He said, so compromise is not an option for us. And then this is what he said. He looked around the room. He said, I thought this was a meeting for preachers. He said, the question has revealed that your heart is not in love with him. Do we need to plan for issues and restoration? Of course. But it seems as though we have built a mentality in the church that everybody's going to fall one day. So we build with the expectation for failure instead of breakthrough. That comes back upon us as leaders because if we really teach you how to love him. And if we carry a knife and just cut some stuff away every now and then. Focus, stay in love with him. It has not crossed my mind not to love him. I have no other fault but to love him. I don't wake up in the morning and go, what can I get away with today? I'm just going, can we just be us for a minute? Anointing. And walking to see dominion. Anointing is free from the presence of God. Dominion calls process. Authority requires testing. Every person who's in the kingdom will have an anointing from God. You have an unction from the Holy One and you know all things. Every person. But the level of your authority will be equal to the level of testing you complete in each place. Authority is not granted you because you're in a position. It isn't granted you because you're in a certain family. It isn't granted you because you've been somewhere for a length of time. Authority is granted you because you passed the test. And in every level of authority, you must be tested. And that is biblical example. You must be tested. Your heart must be tested. Your integrity must be tested. And you choose to keep your authority by the test you complete. So whether you hang on to your authority or not is equal to the test you survived. Dominion is equal to process graduated. God will put you in a process in a city, a process on your job, a process in your family, and he'll make you walk through it. And you have to survive the process to have a level of dominion. So Daniel had dominion in nations. Joseph had dominion over economies. Peter had dominion in Jerusalem. Paul had dominion in the church by the process. They didn't when they first started out. Jesus said it was coming, but there was no dominion. He had authority. What was the level of Paul's authority? He started as a teacher. Then he was called a prophet. Then they said he's an apostle. His authority increased. His dominion was revealed. Because he graduated process. You'll only complete your process if you love him. Love without boundaries. The level of dominion God wants to give us is equal to the level of love we will willingly manifest. God says, I'm going to give you greater dominion, but you got to show me greater love. Ooh. All right, all right, we're almost done. I hope this is helping somebody. Psalm 139. You know this already. Look at verse 14. I will praise thee for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works. My soul knows right well. My substance was not hid from you when I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes did see my substance yet being unperfect. And in thy book all my members were written, which in continuance were fashioned, when as yet there was none of them. How precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God. How great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they are more in number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with thee. Surely you will slay the wicked, O God. Depart from me, therefore, bloody men. For they speak against thee wickedly, and thine enemies take thy name in vain. Then he starts talking about hating people, so we ain't going there. Now. 
You know, David still needed some counseling. <laughs> now, I want you to hear this in the message version. I thank you, God, for making me mysteriously complex. Everything you do is marvelously breathtaking. It simply amazes me to think about it, how thoroughly you know me, Lord. You even formed every bone in my body when you created me in the secret place. Carefully, skillfully, shaping me from nothing into something. You saw who you created me to be before I became me. Before I'd ever seen the light of day, the number of days you planned for me were already recorded in your book. Every single moment you are thinking of me. How precious and wonderful to consider that you cherish me constantly in your every thought. Oh God, your desires toward me are more than the grains of sand on every shore. I'm going to go back to this verse. Verse 5. You've gone into my future to prepare the way. And in kindness, you follow behind me to spare me from the harm of my own past. With your hand of love upon my life, you impart blessing to me. This is just too wonderful, too deep, and too incomprehensible. Your understanding of me brings me wonder and strength. Where could I go from your spirit? Where could I run and hide from your face? If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I go down to the realm of the dead, you are there. If I fly with wings into the shining of the morning, you are there. If I fly into the radiant sunset, you are waiting for me. Wherever I go, your hand will guide me. Your strength empower me. It is impossible to disappear from you. Or to ask the darkness to hide me from your presence. For your presence is everywhere. Bringing light into my night. There is no such thing as darkness with you. The night to you is as bright as the day. There is no difference between the two. Last verse. You form my innermost being. Shaping my delicate insides. My intricate outsides. And you wove them all together. In my mother's own womb. When we talk about love without boundaries. I want us to know and be sure of one thing. God knew you before you knew you. God was thinking about you and in love with you. God saw you in your mother's belly. He saw you before you got to your mother. And God said from the tips of his fingers. As I craft this one. I am making them to know me. As God breathed into the nostrils of your mother and put breath in the lungs of the inside of you, dwelling inside of the amniotic fluid, God began to say these lungs, when they take their first breath, it will sound like worship in my ears. God commanded the calcium inside of your very body to begin to make bones so that when you began to take the time to learn to walk, your steps would begin to take territory for him so that one day when you stood to worship, it would be beautiful in his eyes. God commanded your ears to form so that you could hear creation worship him in the middle of the night and hear the breeze blow through the trees and it sounds like clapping in heaven. God formed your eyes so that when you looked at creation, you understood his handiwork. The power of his mystery and his majesty. God made you to sit in his presence. God made the sun, the moon, and the stars so that you would understand the passing of time. Just so that you would say, oh, it's been a long time since I sat with him. Time is just to tell you that you need to go talk to him again. God took his fingers and sprinkled sand upon the seashore just so that as you're walking along and the sand gets on your feet and in your shoes and you begin to try to get it off of your skin. He says, if that's a lot of sand in your shoe, look at the beach and know I think about you more than the sand upon the shore. 
God calls your heart to beat in the rhythm of life so that with the beating of your heart, as the blood rushed through your body, you would know and understand that your heart is carrying the issues of life. When you lift up your hands before him as a child, just playing and climbing trees and leaping through the air and landing on your feet and laughing, he heard your laugh and said, that is the laugh of freedom. And one day they'll laugh in my presence and understand how much they are loved. Everything about you was made with love as an intention. Every part of you was made to worship him. There is no part of your being that is a mistake. There is no part of your soul that he did not craft for himself. God said love without boundaries is understanding that in me there is no limit to the level of love I have for you. And that when you walk before me, I put something in you that you don't even understand. A destiny. An authority. A greatness that he made you for himself and he sat you in the hollow of his hand that when life is trying to snatch you from him he says remember no one can take from my hand Jesus said all you gave me are mine and I have lost none of them <laughs> That when everything around you seems to try to steal your peace, he is your Jehovah Shammah. He is present. And he is Jehovah Shalom, the peace you need. When your soul is fighting against your spirit, he said, I am Jehovah Mekadesh and Jehovah Sidkanu. I am your righteousness and your sanctification. He said, when you feel like the world is stealing your time and robbing you of joy, I am Jehovah Roha. I am the shepherd that leads you into the garden of delight and sits you by the waters of peace. When you feel like you're coming apart, I am El Shaddai, the many-breasted one, and you can drink from me. For well, the milk of my word will strengthen the bones of your life until you can stand strong before me. He says, if you really knew who I am to you, I am a father to the fatherless, a friend to the broken. I am holding you when you are falling and I am strengthening you when you are ready to die. I am the voice in your ears saying, get up again. I am the strength in your body saying, you shall not die, but you shall declare the glory of the Lord. I am the wind that blew across your face and dried that tear when you thought nobody loved you. And I'm the one that made the leaves fall sweetly on your path so that you could know that life will begin again. And like Job said, when I saw the tree cut down, I looked again at the end of winter and there was a green shoot coming out of a dead stump. And I said, look at this, this trail, ah, this shall live again. You need to know that God is telling you tonight that the love that has no boundaries is on the inside of you breaking you past limitations pushing past all the rejection breaking the words of fear conquering the things of the past and God is telling you if a tree cut down can live again if a child that lost hope can worship again if a marriage can come together again if a savior can come out of the ground at the end of three days then those in this room if God is on the inside of you love without boundaries will lift you up set you back on your feet and make you live again it's not over if God lives in you it's not done if God is on your side the doctor is not the last word if God has created you 
the fear and the reports of the enemy cannot craft your future shake yourself from unbelief throw off all words of doubt break the spirit of fear come back to your right mind in God stand in the word of the Lord and trust him God is on your side and he cannot lie. God is fighting for you and he does not fail. God is advancing an army behind you and he's never lost a battle. God has an invisible warrior standing beside every believer. Angels clothed in white, swords glistening with glory, arrows of deliverance. And God is on your side. Jehovah Sabaoth, the God of the armies of Israel love without boundaries without limits without reservation and he's called you to greatness and you shall not die here this is not the end but the beginning God is calling you back to your place to see yourself like he sees you I'm almost done, but I have to say it. Some in this room, you are David's, but you've laid down your swords. You were created to worship, but the battle has wearied you. And you've got to learn that the sword is only heavy when your worship gets light. And if you'll start worshiping again, that sword ain't going to be so heavy. You're going to be able to take down some more giants, take out some more Philistines, conquer some more land for God. You just got to get your worship back, get your song back, get your joy back. You need to understand, Josephs, that God has called you to change nations, but you only stop when you let the prison become your mindset and you let Potiphar's wife name you. You've got to shake off accusation, forget the rejection, come back to what God said. You're not what they call you. You're what you answer to. Stop answering the wrong name. Stop letting folk name you. Just because they don't understand you don't mean you got to walk with them. Get yourself back together. God's called you to change nations. Come on, Gideon. You've been hiding too long. You got some folk waiting on you. You got churches waiting. You got cities waiting. You got nations waiting. We need Gideon to take their armor back. Get back in your place. Come on, mighty men of valor. Come on, mighty women of valor. It's time to take your place in God. Oh, God is calling you to destiny. I say to the Peters in the room, I say to those apostles, disciples, men and women of God, that you let the last trial, the last trauma, you might have had a moment of denying what God was saying, and now you've let it mark your identity. But Jesus said, go get my disciples and Peter. Yeah, when God talks, he calls you by your identity, not by your failure. I need to say to some of you, your failure can't mark you. Your last trouble don't make you. Your trauma can't hold you you're still a disciple you're still a warrior you're still victorious come on and do what God has called you to do God is calling you up out of the ashes of the past out of the brokenness of yesterday out of the defeat come back to your destiny and let God use you let him anoint you let him empower you for the Lord is on your side the last thing I say is I say to those in the room, you are anointed. You are called. You are powerful. You are set apart by God. You are full of wonder and majesty. You are clothed in splendor and full of the glory of God. God has covered you in his own glory, given you his own name and put his power in your hand. God is saying, if you just love me, I'll get you where I told you. <laughs> I'll bring you to your destiny. If you just keep loving me, I'll take you where I said you're going to go. Just don't let nothing kill your love. I'm going to get you there. Don't worry about what people do. Just keep loving me. Don't worry about what you lost. Just keep loving me. Just love me till I get you there. I'll take you to your destiny if you just keep loving me. Oh, for he who has begun a good work in me. I know he's able and I know he's faithful to perform it. 
In this room, the Lord is moving already. His presence is flowing right now. And I want to say to some of you, you need to just lift your hands and begin to worship him. Because the Lord is going to clothe you again with everything you thought you lost. Everything you thought you had thrown away. You need to know some stuff you feel like you threw it away. But God caught it when you dropped it. You didn't lose it. God's going to put it right back on you. He's going to put it right back on you. Stop looking back weeping. God held what he gave you. Because it wasn't yours to throw away. He gave it to you. He caught it in his hand. And he's going to put it right back on you. In worship, God's going to take off you some stuff the devil put on you. You've been carrying the wrong name, wrong identity. You've been carrying everybody else's offense. But tonight, he's going to pull that off you. You going home better than you came in. Hey, we worship you. We worship you. Oh, we worship you. You are worthy, you are worthy, you are worthy, you are worthy. 